This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM Firth. 93.7 The Ticket. This is On the Block with Strickenbach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93.7 The Ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovin. I love Billy Steele. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Buck. Hold up. Wrong mic there. What a crazy day we have here on the block as... Uh, Nebraska's got some new conference opponents to worry about moving into the future, and their California conference opponents, USC and UCLA, set to join the Big Ten. The shocking news came across earlier today. Uh, as it isn't finalized quite yet, but it's about 90% done, and it's leaving everybody else in college football scrambling. I'm Jake Bokovan. He is the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet uh, Eric Strickland, and we are on the block. We're here with you every weekday from 4 to 6. Strick. What was your kind of initial reaction when you saw the news that UCLA and USC could join the Big Ten, traditionally a Midwestern conference? Bro, listen, I almost almost fell out of my chair because, I mean, I think typically the way that most people have usually thought about uh, conference, um, um, you know what I mean, like the conference alignments and so forth and so on, you can see that they've kind of started to be expanded a little bit outside. They used to be very regional dominated, uh, very coastal dominated, very central dominated, so forth and so on. Very southern, midwestern dominated. And a lot of that had to do with travel, obviously, right? Um, but now you're starting to kind of see them branch out and it becomes more about business. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily about the regionals. It's not necessarily about the logistics. It's not necessarily about all those other things. It's become about business. And one of the dynamics that is, is coming up is that, you know, big 10 is about to approach a new deal. That's, you know, in the billions potentially. Yeah. Um, that negotiation could actually change dramatically if, you know, you're getting a USC with what they've got going. And just the Los Angeles television Just market. that whole market, yeah. right? It changes the dynamics of that and, and then that negotiation. Um, it, 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 I, I can understand UCLA wanting to get involved because now it puts them in a place to, to be able to even recruit better, um, to land more people. I don't even know if UCLA's got more money than dang USC. Um, even though USC, uh, US, UCLA is very prominent in its in its school, I just I just at this point I think USC may have more money. But um, bringing them in, I would take that trip if I'm a Husker and, oh, yeah. and we're we're in that. But it also is going to change. I think that would change the dynamic of the divisions dramatically as well. Uh, you yeah. have to go three three uh, three five five because. 
just it just wouldn't. I don't seem that it, that would work in a division setting with me anymore. Well, and unless it, you add one into each each division, it's but. very strange. I don't know what they're going to do as far as because the three five five model is an eight uh, eight game model, right? You're playing eight games where traditionally teams have been playing nine. I shouldn't say traditionally. So but then you can just go years. four four uh, four five five, right? Or four four six six. Um, would that work? I don't know. It, it gets, Four, gets five, confusing five? with the numbers. You add, you add an extra guy so. into your 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 thing that gives you nine games. Yeah, as opposed. Um, yeah, so it still gives you three. So you just go four. You go four five five as opposed to three five five, right? Yeah, but then you uh, the total there is fourteen uh, teams, and there's sixteen teams in the conference. So it, I think it makes it a little bit oh, more confusing. Shoot. I'm not yeah, really sure. It would. <laughs> Yeah, so there we have to figure out another bottle yeah. with that because it wouldn't work that way then. Well, and that's the that's the interesting part about this too is if they if this continues and, and the the whole question is what's happening because it seems to be, you know, if it's just this on its own, then it's like okay, then the Big Ten match the SEC's big move and uh, there's clearly the Big Ten and the SEC were already the best conferences and they continue to be, but the expectation is that there's going to be more additions after this and maybe branch off into basically two major conferences in, in having 20 plus teams in each of them. Uh, and then how do you do scheduling from there? Um, you would probably still, you'd have to go to pod systems at that point. Right. Um, and just basically play like in the NFL do kind of an AFC East type of deal or whatever Nebraska would be. And it's interesting too, because if you don't add more teams in the big 10 and, and maybe it's not every year, um, uh, maybe, you know, USC and UCLA get here by 2024, but you don't add Oregon and Washington or whoever else they're going to target until 2026. But for those few years, Nebraska is the westernmost team in the Big Ten footprint as of now before USC and UCLA. So if you did break up into pods, it would make sense, although geographically you can kind of throw it out because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in any way. But they're the westernly most teams, so would they be in the same pod or division as USC and UCLA? You would think so. That's a tough one. Yeah. But you would you, if you're really just looking at it from that standpoint, I think, yeah, you, you would have to look at it from that from that perspective. Um, it, it would be interesting to see how it would be divi- divided up. But obviously the pod, I still think it would have made sense for – but – you know, for the Colorado to come back into the fold towards this way. Um, for Colorado and, you know, I, I think even if you're going to break up the 12, I think you try to nab. I think you really do try to go crazy. I mean, right now the SEC is just gobbling up everything, right? Yeah. I think you go crazy. And you basically do something. You, you throw four teams in. At this point, and just make it a crazy, an arms race. Buck, yes, yeah, right. So you get you nab two of the you know top blue blood programs out of the Pac-12, nab a couple Big 12 since SEC did. So I think you, if you can get Oklahoma State and maybe a re- renewed Colorado type of bring back in, even though they they're they've kind of lost some of their savor, yeah, but it could revive them a little bit, you know, possibly coming back this way because. I think the recruiting aspects now that NIL gets involved, I know you know maybe Colorado can't compete at that that high level as they used to. Oklahoma State, you know, it may be that they are they find themselves in the middle tier. They're still going to be pretty solid because 
I think they're going to be better than an Illinois. I think they're going to be better than a Rutgers. I think they're going to be better. So when you're looking at competition of conference, I think if you could pull like a couple of them, like an Oklahoma State or uh, maybe a Colorado renewed rivalry towards this way, throw them four in. That'd be great for Nebraska. I think that what what is out there potentially, and, and the, the schools that are feared the most are the Arizona, the Arizona States, the, the Oregon States, the Washington States, and then going back to the Big 12, the Kansas, Kansas States, Iowa States, is that they're all going to be left out of mm-hmm. these two major conferences if they do expand forward. Um, but you have to think that if there is somewhat, you know, if there is more additions at some point, you would think Nebraska might, have a few of its old rivalries renewed, whether that is with Kansas States or the Colorados. Um, and, and those are just kind of the, the conferences that are right now um, very much in fear of They're folding. Ripe. They're ripe. Oh, yeah. They're ripe for the picking. Yeah. And uh, and, and it's just it's it's amazing. What is it, What happens to Oregon in that situation? That's that's kind of the big. So that's kind of the big deal here is there that we have all these other teams that we're talking about and some of them really good, like the Georgias, the North Carolina Dukes, really good in, in basketball. But basketball is really not a part of the discussion. It's all football dominant right now. So you really only have a few of the just kind of nice shiny objects out there left right um the the you would say Oregon is that in in the Pac-12 to a lesser degree I think a, a Washington um and Utah based on recent success but I'm not sure if Utah even considering they have a top 10 program now kind of like Iowa State last year they had a top 10 program but is it sustainable is it mm-hmm. you know over over time is that so I think Oregon and Washington are kind of your major brands there and then you look at the ACC um and you've got the the Miamis who's got the donor Clemson's power Clemson for sure yeah. uh and florida state and then outside of that i don't know if the big 12 you could argue i mean you could really push oklahoma state in there they probably don't belong in that conversation and then notre dame so you're looking at maybe four or five teams left um from really having to either go to a to two super conferences or i mean they could all i guess they could all merge together but that's a national uh, that would be a, another national uh, brand, which is already happening. I mean, the SEC is expanding their front footprint. The Big Ten now is coast to coast. So it, not with this move, the, you know, the, the, the conferences are coast to coast at yeah, this point. Yeah. Um, so maybe the ACC um, could get together, get Notre Dame, get Oklahoma State, get Oregon, get all those major brands and try to make one last push at uh, at. Uh, fighting the SEC and Big Ten from taking over, but to me, I think if you're those teams, you you, you say why writing, do that? Why not just join? I think the writing's on the wall. I yeah, think the money's it on is. the wall. Uh, yeah. The money's. I mean, shoot, look at the the, the universities right now are tracking also moolah. You oh yeah, I mean that's what's that's what's this whole thing about. You know, if you got to yeah. compete, you got to track the moolah. And and right now, out west, it's it's been you know falling off the ship a little bit and. You know, the times of the games, all the different things. It's yeah. just not the interest is not there. Um, you know, I, I rarely know what's going on out west. You know, now there's interest out there only because USC is kind of just popping up. Usually you find Oregon sometimes in the mix. But, you know, Washington hasn't been relevant for a while now, right. which is, you know, a surprise. Uh, they've had a pretty good good run at it. Stanford up and down. Stanford kind of reminds me of like um, you know Minnesota or something. You yeah. know, they'll pop in every now and then and, and pop out. But uh, well, that's interesting too. Like, did you hear the news about PJ Fleck? Yeah, <laughs> you, Wait, a little you, bit. We talked. Yeah, did y'all? Did we talk about that? At we all? didn't talk about. It. We talked about it on the ticket water cooler yesterday. Oh, uh, okay. He's basically got a disgruntled former player yeah, or went, two. He went nuts. And the one of them, yeah, really went off on him. 
Um, I was going to ask you, do you see that as a problem for PJ Fleck? Obviously, if the things are some of the things he said about, um, you know, maybe not caring so much for players after their injuries and stuff like that, that can get you in trouble. Um, but that's just one player saying it. That's nothing. Uh, there's not no like across the board. Yeah, or... there's nothing like going on as far as far as like uh, investigation or anything. Do you see this as problematic for PJ Fleck? Or have you basically on every team you've been on seen a disgruntled former player not like the coach? Well, I think it's I think it's very possible to 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 happen. I think then you look at the nuance of the of of what he's actually stating, what he's saying, right? So then you can begin to render uh, not judgment, whole holistic judgment on it, but you can begin to start saying, is does this have potential for relevance based on? what he's saying because to me it seems like he went in but he went in jest so it wasn't like um it didn't seem overly disgruntled it sounded like it was it was it was personal um there were instances that were brought up that you 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 know you kind of like dang why would somebody like say that you know what I mean like about the fight and you know the coach like that's you know that's something you can make an inference on. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not where you make total judgment, but you can kind of make inferences. And so if you start to be, begin to listen, take ear, and 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 peek into it, because you can't really see into the inside, you're not going to really be able right. to see into the inside, and unless a treasure trove of people start to kind of come alive. But most likely, most people don't do that. If you have an okay experience there, you know you're you're not going to jump into that sandbag and, and start playing on the playground of that information. So yeah. I, I think I, I'm not going to say it hurts P.J. Fleck, but it can reflect on others as they're looking at it, listening to it, because very a lot of people take uh, social media stuff and um, it can begin to – take an imprint of the mind and then cause you to either have hesitancy or to look elsewhere or to think about it as to, you know, with those hesitancies, it allows an open door for others to kind of come in and pick you. For what it's worth, it was a player that transferred from North Carolina state that, uh, that tried to kind of spill the beans or whatever. Um, And it it seemed like he was uh, among the, the, among the transfer portal additions, he got the least playing time. So there might be, you know, yeah. you can kind of read into that. He also probably hurt his own argument a, a little bit by saying he was asked to go in with two minutes left and didn't go in. He didn't want to go in because he was disgruntled about, you know, not having enough. So he was basically, I think, given, you know, the winning winning yeah. time was already done. He didn't want to go play scrap minutes. No, so so for me, yeah, you're right. So for me, I think when I looked at it and the stuff that he was saying, I think that's that's some of the trouble that can can happen in an organization because you because one of the things he said he said car salesman right you've got to be pretty good at selling your spot so okay you can take that then you if you've oversold and didn't produce but also you got to look at the kid did he produce as well so if he didn't produce produce then i can't but but what he said was is that the ones he that they that this is what kind of gave me a little ear to it is he said the ones that weren't performing that the coaches were telling me about or wanting to replace me with or to bring me in to compete against wasn't given the same accountabilities that others and in that form allowed them to continue to disrespect them and continue to you know, act a certain way, but yet still have deference as far as playing time. So, so I, I started looking at that, and and I remembered 
my so I'm not saying he's telling the truth, but I remember situations like that for me. I actually had to go to um I'll tell it. Um Terry Porter was my coach in Milwaukee. Um there was nobody on that team that was just outplaying me or dominating or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed is that there would be opportunities where things got to flowing. I got, I could get hot and he wouldn't, he would pull me or stuff was looking ugly and there would be no opportunity. You understand? And so I literally had to go to him and say, Hey, Terry, listen, what is it that do you have anything against me? Is there something that I did? Is there something I need to work on? Is there something I need to do better? Is there something I'm not doing that is not allowing me to have opportunity? Mm-hmm. No, strict. No, no, nothing. Okay. Well, first, let me just let you know that I support you. I'm here for you. I'm an advocate for the team to win games. That's all I'm about. So I really wanted to lay down the yeah. fact that. I'm not coming. This is not a meeting of me coming in trying to bash you or, you know, bring about that that type of, you know, be smoke. a locker room. Distract. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So then, but 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 what I'm saying is, I believe the problem was this. I understood kind of where the problem came. Terry Porter was really trying to. I, I love Terry Porter. I think he's a great guy. I mean, we we, we chat every now and then online and stuff. But mm-hmm. he's, this is not a you know, uh, uh, you know, something negative against him, yeah. but. I, I knew kind of what it was because I'm a veteran. Me, Tony Kukoc, we're the oldest on the team. Tony was older than me, but I was next. I was the next oldest, very young team. Michael Red, Desmond Mason out of Oklahoma State, um, Dan Gazarich out of UCLA, as we're talking about them. You know, uh, just a very young core guy. TJ Ford, oh, uh, yeah. you know, just a young core guys, and we were the vets, right? But they made me captain over Tony. Hmm. Even so, a lot of those players would come to me and ask, Strick, what did you see? What did you think? How did you feel? What did you, you know what I mean? We're having these conversations, but that's the conversations he wanted to have. You understand? Yeah. So instead of them going to him, he going to me, and he didn't like that. I, I just, and I can understand that. You know right. what I mean? You would want to have, if you're a player's coach, you want to have those type of conversations with your players, but they were gravitating towards me. Hmm. And so I think that's what caused a little bit of that, that division and friction as to why we didn't get along. Did it? What it was part of it though that you were, uh, you know, that that he was trying to get the younger guys better. Do you think that that was part of the reason? Maybe he wouldn't put you in at times. Was try to get. Oh, Mo Williams was on that team too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, you'll see that with teams at certain times. It's like, all right, we're going to rest the veterans because we're not going to make the playoffs, and we're going to try uh, to get these. No, younger we were guys actually pretty it. good. We were so. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we we went to the playoffs. I mean, we're six seed. Huh. Uh yeah, we were six seed. Yeah, that so that year. Does, so so it's definitely not that. It wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, we were winning huh. games. You yeah, know what I mean. So, um, but yeah, but that's just that's. So I'm I'm saying when I'm listening to this young man, I'm kind of, you know, getting a little, like I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can see how, you know, a coach would sell you the you know the dream and then ultimately not. Yeah. Uh, but whatever it was that caused that. That friction. Yeah, and, and again, that's the problem with transfer sometimes. That's the scary thing I have for Nebraska is 
going heavy transfer portal. It, it, when you're heavy there, you just don't have established culture. You don't have established foundation. You don't have established rapport. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That as it's coming up, you're you're able to understand where those young men they've come from, where they've been, where they're working, how their worth ethic is in 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 you know the totality of their package. You're getting basically a package dropped off, and you don't know what's inside fully. Yeah, and you open it, but you don't know fully what's inside the package. Well, and that's interesting. We'll see how that plays out as the season goes along, and we've seen it before. I mean, there there've been guys that have been brought in um, that were expected to play, didn't play, and left the team quite a bit quickly. I suppose that's better than staying on the team and causing a, 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 a ruckus in the locker room. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't yeah. happen. But there's a lot of guys. Um, that are being brought in to, to play major roles. And as fall camp goes on, maybe some of them won't, you know, keep up won't on the depth out. chart. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll kind of see how that goes. You might not have all the best reports from the locker room, but hopefully we'll see none of that. And hopefully I think everything will go smoothly as Nebraska wins all these games and prepares itself to take on USC and UCLA uh, years down the line. We'll get back into that conversation here in a little bit. But first, it is time for one of our favorite segments, Thirsty Thursdays with Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle. Uh, He's a, he stays up on sports, so we'll ask him about his thoughts on uh, the big news today in the Big Ten, and we'll try something great from Myers Cork and Bottle, as we always do. That's coming up next here, Thirsty Thursday on The Block. <laughs> 